evening, everyone, and welcome to Prospects After Dark. It is Sunday, uh, November 18th, 2018. I am Kyle Reese. I am your host. Welcome to the presentation. Uh, sorry it took me so long to get rolling. Uh, I apologize for that. We've got this whole new little setup thing here. Now, you guys won't see it on this end, uh, but we've got kind of a new stand and uh, a, a kind of a microphone setup. And uh, hey, Enchil, what's up? Uh, hello, GM Gersh. Hello, everyone. So anyways, we have this new like microphone set up. We're going to give it a try. We're going to see if you notice any sound difference. Uh, but it took us a little while to get going, so thank you for your patience. I'm sorry for being about 10 minutes late. Uh, I thought this was supposed to start at 8 from Graham. Hello, Graham. Welcome to the presentation. Uh, to everyone, again, I apologize for being late. Thank you for being here. Uh, the squinting is still here. The... Uh, the camera situation hasn't changed very much. Uh, camera situation is still the same thing. It's a camera on an iPhone about four feet away from my head, so I can't see anything. Uh, Kyle, what's up, man? From Drake Man. What's up, Mr. Man? How are you, sir? Uh, all Paul DeYoung says that she's ready. Uh, echoing in here. Uh, is it is it echoing? So that was the other thing I wanted to see. We were curious as to if... Uh, like, what kind of audio we, we, we would get. We've recorded some videos for the organizational rankings. Uh, Kendra told me to say hi. Tell Kendra I said hello. Uh, why you the fangraphs? Oh, God. From Patrick B., can you expand on why you don't like the fangraphs list? I never said I didn't like the fangraphs list. What are you talking about? Uh, it's not a... Oh, hey, uh, Mer, uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Mr. Merce, how are you, sir? Welcome to our little shindig. Uh, Kyle, what's up, man? Mr. Thompson. So, real fast, let's get straight to business. Uh, Matt Thompson is on this incredible website. He's a writer for an incredible website called Prospects Live. And on Tuesday, they're going to do their podcast and their unveiling of their top prospects in the Cardinals organization. Uh, you're going to want to keep a close eye on them. I trust what they do. Both he and Lance Brodziak, uh, whose name are uh, Brodzowski or whatever his name is, he writes a little bit for Viva Albertos. Uh, the two of them, uh, uh, they're going to put together their list. I trust those guys. I love those guys. They're smart guys. Keep a close eye on prospect, uh, Prospects Live for their list. Um, the other thing is starting on Friday, you will have my organizational uh, prospect rankings. We'll start on Friday with starting pitchers, then we'll do relief pitchers on Saturday, outfielders on Sunday, and then catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, and third all next week. Uh, top 10 outfielders and starting pitchers, top 5 at every other position. Uh, that's what I've got for you. Kyle, always great with the pronunciation. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. I know, terrible, right? I changed my schedule at work so I could be here with Pat. To whoever changed your schedule to be here with us Pad losers, uh, thank you. Use an iPad instead of an iPhone. So true story, we tried using a tablet one time, and my, the tablet didn't get enough good enough signal from my wireless device, and it stalled out. That's what happened last week. Uh, how old is Malcolm Nunez? Really? Well, they say he's 17, but i got to tell you, he's a beefy 17-year-old. Uh, he's Look, he's probably, honestly, he's probably 18, probably somewhere between 19 and 17, but he's 17 until proven otherwise. Uh uh, hey, Kyle, first time, long time, greetings from Bend, Oregon. Go Birds from uh, uh, Debt282. Hello, welcome to our little shindig. Uh, please come in, the water's warm. Uh, what's up, Giss? How you doing? Okay, so the other thing, somebody asked me about my, my criticism about the Fangraphs Top 40. Look, I'm not going to get into it. Just I think that if you're a smart person, you can read a lot of what was written there and understand that a lot of it's coming from old scouting reports. And I, I don't mean that to be like a negative negative Nelly. There are a million and a half prospects in, in the minors, you know? It's hard for an organization to keep up with all of those prospects. You're going to want to stay tuned for Prospect Live for that, though. Uh, Baseball America, too. I just personally, like, it does good when you have a regional person there that you can trust. And uh, some of those 
some of those scouting reports might have been a year old or two years old. Uh, there was a part in there, and this is something I am going to be pretty critical about because it's not about a prospect or an evaluation. Uh, at one point during that article, they called uh, Yadier Molina frail. And the dude took a ball, a 100-mile-an-hour ball, tipped to his testicles and only missed a month. Uh, Yadi's not frail. As a matter of fact, we spend a lot of time yelling about Yadi needing more time off. Uh, does Baseball America give FV? Uh, I don't believe so. Thoughts on Diaz trade to Houston? It's an interesting move. I know a lot of people are saying that uh, Ledmi's Diaz is going to replace Marwin Gonzalez uh, in in how Houston does everything. Uh, I don't know if he'll be that good, and I think that the Astros might be a little aggressive about if they think that a Ledmi's is going to follow in Marwin Gonzalez's footsteps. Uh, let's see. Uh, more likely to be traded or O'Neal or Lane Thomas. I personally believe Tyler O'Neal is more likely to be traded. Look, he has more value. Uh, he's not coming off of a helium season. He has a, a skill set that is major league adaptable, right? Lane Thomas is a really, really good all-around player, right? He, uh, he does a lot of things really well. He's kind of a, a boxy outfielder. He's athletic enough to make out, up for it. He has a good arm. Uh, he has a good approach at the plate that needs a little tweaking. Uh, he's, he's a good player, but Tyler O'Neill is major league ready, and he has more value, and honestly, he strikes out more, and that's not really what the Cardinals' new philosophy on hitting is, is geared to. Uh, <laughs> let me see has to take uh, a Bregman's place. I haven't seen a drink yet. All right, so we're finishing off uh, the leader, uh, the leader of Rubble Yell that we bought last week, so to a leader of Rubble Yell. Uh, top breakthrough prospect for the Birds this year from Mike Butler, uh, 04. There, look, there are a couple guys you're going to want to keep a close eye on, right? So if you're talking about the low, low levels, again, they're not breakout prospects because they've hit the national scene, but John Torres and Malcolm Nunez are going to be the two prospects at the lower level, the lowest levels to follow. Uh, there's a chance that Torres starts in Peoria. That'll be something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Victor Garcia, Terry Fuller, those guys could have a chance to have a breakout. Uh, if we're talking about organizationally, I'll, I'll say it till the cows come home that Dylan Carlson is going to break through this year. We're going to see the offensive, uh, the counting stats that the rest of his profile has been putting up. Just sands the uh, the counting stats. We're going to see that. I, I would almost promise you that. Uh, from a pitching standpoint, look, there are a couple of really interesting players. You know, I'm a big Evan Krachinski fan. I think Johan Oviedo uh, cleans up some of his ball throwing. Uh, uh, you know, non-strike throwing problems and ends up breaking through. Uh, Alvaro Sejas has a chance. Alex Fagalde is really interesting. Uh, there are a couple really interesting, but if I had to pick one person, I'd pick Dylan Carlson. Uh, you agree that Gore we call him the patron prospect, C70. With the Rebel Yell, we cried, With the Rebel Yell, we cried, Ma, 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 Ma. You'll like the Carlson rank on Prospect Live then. There we go, Matt Thompson. That's what I'm talking about. I, I uh, Again, keep an eye out for that. Um, Reyes starting in the bullpen from our good friend Eric Thomas 75. Eric, you guys know where I stand on this. It's something I've been talking about a lot. The Cardinals will be in a good position by the time he's ready to go. Uh, I believe John Mazelak has said on radio interviews that the plan with him is to repeat what they did in 2018 with him. That means that come May, they'll be able to make a decision. Now, if the starters are pitching well, uh, he's got to go to the bullpen. And if it were my personal preference, yeah, I would put him in the bullpen right away. I just like the idea of him coming up with the surgery that he had, uh, a surgery that only Jake Peavy has ever come back healthy from, uh, and, and pitched well, rather. I just really like that, and I think that that's better suited for him moving forward. Of course, then the question becomes, how does that limit his innings moving forward? Uh, 
I can't really answer that. Of course, it would limit it in the long range. I also like the idea of Alex Reyes over any other bullpen relief option from a closing standpoint that you might find. I just love Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks at the back end of a bullpen. Uh, fix that left side. Don't worry so much about the right until you have to. Is he still eventually a starter? He still could be even if he's a relief pitcher next year. Uh, the quintessential Billy Idol is now a U.S. citizen episode timeline. Uh, from Burke Wasson. What's up? Um, uh, Maggie Ladley, our, our good friend Maggie says, uh, Wayno's role. Well, you know, Adam Wainwright is a starter until he's not a starter. He'll go into spring training with the starter role. Uh, and unless things get extremely weird in spring training, I would hope he's on a really short leash during the regular season. Uh, again, I, you guys know me. I don't really view him as a starter. He's not a starter in my world. Uh, I don't really view him as a high leverage back end of the bullpen kind of guy. Uh, but I do root for him. I do hope nothing but the best for him. I do hope that he's a good enough starter, that he doesn't make the Cardinals, uh, regret just kind of handing him a starting spot. Now, his, his contract is worded interesting, uh, that he probably would get just as much cash being an effective reliever as he would be a starter. So maybe the Cardinals and maybe he realizes early on if sp in spring training if Gumber or Gant or Hudson are still around and pitching better, uh, that maybe he goes to the bullpen in the meantime. Uh, Forever Cards asks for Grinky and Goldie rumors. You know, Oh, man. So uh, I have been pretty vocal. Uh, you know, it's get dark at like 445, right? Uh, sorry, we'll, we'll try to get this thing on earlier. Eight o'clock seems to work out best for the East Coast and the West Coast. Uh, so here's my thought about the Goldie and Grinky rumors. I love I love Zach Grinky. I love Paul Goldschmidt. I just don't see how either of them fit for the Cardinals. Uh, that's a lot of money for Zach Grinky, and I'm not going to give you that whole line about diminished velocity. That doesn't really bug me so much. He still has he's still very effective with very good stuff. But it's a lot of money for for a couple of years that I can't imagine going extremely well. Uh, and you know, Paul Goldschmidt's a redundancy for the Cardinals. They're not going to trade Matt Carpenter, and Matt Carpenter is not better suited for another position. Uh, and I think that we might all be out of our minds if we think that a team is going to take a diminished return for Paul Goldschmidt uh, in an effort to rid themselves of Zach Greinke's contract. I just don't think it's going to happen. To me, those are two separate entities, two moving bodies, and the only way that they're incorporated into one is if they're treated as separate entities within the trade. Uh, don't pay attention to me. I'm a curmudgeon. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm just screwing around. Do I hear some Zach Greinke doubt? I've not doubt, but I mean, he's older, and it's only a matter of time before he starts decre you know, decreasing uh, effectiveness. Luke and Baker Future saw him play at TCU. He is a stud. So it's funny, you know, uh, as I do my organizational rankings, Luke and Baker is number one. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there of, of first baseman. Luke and Baker is the number one first baseman in the organization. There are some interesting players. Baker's number one. And I'll tell you that the big knock on him, other than that he had, he was crippled for three years with unusual and weird injuries at Texas Christian University, is that he can't play first. And I'll tell you, when I watched him play first at Peoria, uh, for the second half of the season last year after being drafted, I was impressed. I thought he was fine. You know, I'm not impressed. I wasn't impressed, but I thought, oh, this guy's okay. He can handle his own. Uh, after having to root for John Lackey, I would simply refuse to root for Grinky. I don't have a, look, I'm not one to get kind of crazy about, like, rooting interest and, and things like that. I just love baseball. I want the Cardinals to do well. I want baseball to stay interesting, and I, I want it to make sense. Uh, I don't really have a problem. Look, as long as they're not a trash human being, uh, you know, 
like Luke Heimlich, I'm I'm fine. Uh, Kyle, you just hit on my cards pet peeve, a redundancy of okay bat infielders. How would you fix this from Burke Wasan? Well, we talked about this on the Two Birds on a Bat podcast. Um, I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, we, we talked about this a lot on the Two Birds on a Bat podcast last week. Again, check that out on Wednesdays. Me, Mo's Algorithm, and Brennan Schaefer uh, vote for our plans. But, you know, for me, step one is you bring in a player who isn't a redundancy. You know, the Cardinals have redundancies right now. Jairo Munoz, Jed Jerko, and Jose Martinez are kind of redundancies. Uh, they're good players, but they don't tip the scale in favor of the Cardinals. Um, you would need to bring in an excellent player like Josh Donaldson or Manny Machado or Bryce Harper and then deal some of those redundancies to make the left side of your bullpen better and uh, maybe your middle infield relief. Lucan will be popular on Star Wars night because he's huge because he looks like Chewbacca and he's a Star Wars freak, I think. Is Nunez eligible for the third base prospect list uh, from Derek Iwanek? Uh, he is not. He So the other thing you need to keep in mind when I do my organizational prospect rankings uh, – like, like players like Dakota Hudson who still have rookie eligibility, they'll be on the dirty 35. But they will not be on the organizational prospect ranking. Uh, I've removed Alex Reyes, Austin Gomber, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Dakota Hudson. These are the guys beyond the players who have already had a major league, uh, uh, impact or uh, debut. The only person that doesn't, that does have a major league, imp- uh, who doesn't, let me start over. The only player who has made a major league debut that is on the list is uh, Justin Williams. That's because he played one game and it wasn't with the Cardinals organization. Uh, Yairo is not rookie eligible, eligible next year, so he won't be on the list. So why uh, White Sox playing, paying Harper 168 a year? Because that's the only way they're going to get him. Uh, we were conservative on Nunez on our prospect live list. Oh, Malcolm Nunez. Uh, sorry, my bad. I thought we were talking about uh, Yairo Munoz. I'm so stupid. Oh, God. See, I just got done talking. I'm so stupid. I apologize for that. Uh, Malcolm Nunez is indeed in my in my top five uh, uh, third baseman. But remember, just like with John Torres, uh, because those guys are so far away, they get a little kicked down on the list. Uh, I'm not, again, they're all helium. Like, they're all projectability. I want to see them do well at a full-season club or, or terror. You know, I want to see them do well at a full-season club before I give them the benefit of the doubt. Remember, with Malcolm Nunez and John Torres, uh, they're too big and too talented and too well-seasoned for the leagues that they were playing at last year. Their stats are misleading. Again, they have beautiful swings. They're beautiful. They, they're big boys. They're going to go a long way. Nunez is on my top five third baseman. He's not one or two, I'll tell you that. He's not even three. Uh, pretty well tells you where he's going to be. But I, again, just like as Matt Thompson said a second ago, uh, that he's being conservative. You guys know me. I'm conservative with the prospects that haven't made a full-season debut. There's one... Prospect in the first base category, I put number two, Leandro Cedeno. Uh, Ron Hill Ravelo is three, but they uh, and that's a whole thing, and I want you to read about that and why I decided on that. Uh, but that would be like the only area where I was I was somewhat aggressive. Uh, let's see, can we keep Williams Perez away from Maddox? To be honest, you know, Forever Cards, you have an issue with Mike Maddox and also uh, uh, another coach that doesn't matter at all and doesn't do it, Pop Warner. Uh, you have a thing with Pop Warner. I don't understand that. He's just a dude. Uh, when is your length for Jersey turning baby blue? Uh, tomorrow. Everything turns baby blue tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Is, uh, I missed a press question. Lawrence Phillips killed someone. <laughs> uh, isn't Lawrence Phillips dead now? Uh, who can get Robinson Cano? I don't know if anyone's gonna be able to get Robinson Cano. I don't think anyone's gonna take on that salary. Now with the big asterisk of being a steroid user next to it. Uh, I, man, I think the Mariners would love to move that contract. I just don't think they're going to be able to. The olds are in bed, and I'm on break for the next 30 minutes. Hello, Kendra. Welcome to the festivities. Uh, yeah, you know, even if 
even if the Mariners were to do something crazy and include Robinson Cano with, with Paxton and uh, get a diminished return, like even then I think it'd still be hard. Uh, let's see, Yankees getting Mike Trout and Manny. I, I don't think that they're going to get Mike Trout anytime soon, maybe in a couple years, uh, but not anytime soon. And I do think the Yankees are the front runner for Manny, uh, Manny Machado. I almost said Manny Ramirez. Guys, my head might, uh, uh, might not be here. Uh, uh, average cards fan says Kramer Robertson. Kramer is on our list of top shortstops. Now, you guys know I have my doubts about Kramer Robinson's ability to stay at short. Uh, and he doesn't really do a whole lot, but he had a great August. And maybe when he finds his way to the Texas League, his offense peaks in some capacity. Uh, he, he's not in the top uh, of, the, of the shortstop ranking. Someone tell me what time the announcement is tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, someone tell me. Uh, let's see. Who did you think is going to be the Cardinals third baseman in 2019? Uh, I'm going to say Josh Donaldson. Cards wouldn't pay Joe Kelly's price tag. Yeah, and they really shouldn't look. Joe Kelly isn't the type of relief pitcher that the Cardinals would do well to acquire. Uh, uh, look, if they're just going to throw money out, they might as well throw it to a position that they need. Joe Kelly is a fine. Joe Kelly and Adam Adovino are fine relief pitchers that do some pretty great stuff, Adovino in particular, with that slider. Uh, but their price tag, in my opinion, is probably not going to be worth the production that you're going to get from them when you have other options on the right-handed side of the bullpen internally that might be able to produce just as well for a significantly less price. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, so the announcement tomorrow is at 11. Hello, Victoria. Thanks for the info. Boston is uh, keeping Joe Kelly. It could happen. I laugh every time I see someone link Kimbrell to the Cardinals. And so does Derek Gould. I think Derek Gould was talking about that the other day. Uh, let's see, Kelly finally understands his role from Randall Rhodes. Yeah, but he, he might finally understand his role, but he's been in that role for a couple of years now uh, for Boston, and it took him this long to understand it, and uh, he's good. He's fine, you know? Uh, A's do love some trades from Trevor Nupp. I'm, I expect the A's to be aggressive at both trades. They're not, look, they're not going to trade Chapman, uh, the third baseman, Matt Chapman. He's not going anywhere. Get that out of your heads. But I do expect them to be aggressive on the free agent market and the trade market. They've got a lot of money to work with. They can add money and still be one of the cheapest organizations. Uh, let's see. Uh, who's the left-handed reliever you like in free agency then? I like Tony Sipple enough. Uh, from Blake Wasson. Uh, so if we're looking at the free agent market, I'm only bringing in any of those lefties on a one-year deal. I'm not big on Britain. I'm not big on Andrew Miller. Maybe, maybe, maybe I cave on Britain for two years, and maybe towards the end of spring training, if Miller hasn't signed with anyone, then you give him a one-year contract, just like with Greg Holland last year. Uh, Tony Sipp and Oliver Perez are the two free agents that I would give a one-year deal uh, uh, for next year, and then that's it. No more than that for those guys. And even then, I want the Cardinals to address that issue via trade. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Can we keep Williams Perez away from the... When is like Jersey City Blue? Uh, hello, Kyle. I voted for your plan. Uh, from Cloud Kareem. Thanks. Yeah, check out our Two Birds on a Bat uh, podcast that we do where we pretended to be GMs for 24 hours. Uh, May Holiday... Uh, May Holiday signed with Arizona Diamondbacks. If I didn't see that. Uh, let's see. No one can be worse than Holland. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I remember a time when Mitchell Boggs was pretty terrible. Uh, what's up, buddy, from Corey? Hey, Corey, how are you, man? Welcome to our thing. I'm glad that you could be here tonight. Uh, what left-handed reliever would you like to see the Cardinals trade for? Well, again, it's a throwaway answer, and I think it's where all of our heads are. It, it, it comes from Mo's algorithm and, and Graham. and The two left-handed pitchers uh, uh, in the bullpen for San Francisco, Watson and Smith, I like both of those guys a lot. Look, I don't think Minnesota would trade Taylor Rogers, but I would I would inquire. Uh, I like I like Meza from, from Toronto. Uh, there are some interesting options out there. I just don't, for me personally, it's not like, I don't know. I just hate the free agent market. I hate the free agent market. 
yeah, Cardinals New 17 says Will Smith. You know, Tony Watson. Uh, look, Justin Wilson wouldn't be a terrible on a one-year contract either, but the Cardinals need to get substantially better and not like keep taking flyers on stuff like that. Uh, how much longer are the Cardinals going to wait until Seamart develops into an ace? <laughs> so you're talking to the wrong person about this, right? Because, uh, first off, I don't know what the hell an ace is. You know, in my mind, an ace is the top five pitchers in baseball. And think about how rare that is. Carlos Martinez is the top of the rotation pitcher. And he's cheap, and he's still young. And he's more dynamic than a lot of other top of the rotation pitchers. Uh, look, I understand why people get frustrated with Seamart. Let me rephrase that. I sympathize with people for getting upset with Seamart. I'm not one of those people. Look, uh, it's about keeping perspective, right? If Carlos Martinez played for any other team than the St. Louis Cardinals, we'd all be saying, man, I'd love to have that guy on our team. But since he's a Cardinal and we're frustrated and he got injured last year and there's reports of him not showing up on time and all that stuff, uh, we say, uh, when is he going to be an ace? Well, he he's not going to be an ace. He's never going to be an ace. You know what? I hate to burst your bubble. Jack Flaherty is never going to be an ace. Uh, Miles Michaelis is never going to be an ace. What you hope for with these players, Alex Reyes, he's the only one who stands a chance of being an ace. And think about how small those chances are right now. Uh, it's impossible to become an ace. The elite become aces. Uh, we're dumb fans if we think that uh, uh, Carlos Martinez is going to be an ace. So we need to be better fans than that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Graham says, Carlos is so immature. Look, I'm just, I'm just trying to be as realistic about stuff as possible. Carlos Martinez is a great front of the line rotation. So is Jack Flaherty. So is Cy Michaelis. There was a time when Adam, Adam Wainwright was never an ace. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Chris Carpenter was never an ace. Those guys aren't aces. They're just really, really great pitchers. We'll call them aces because we're biased and prisoners of the moment in our fandom when they're pitching at their peak. Uh, but, Looking back, no one will ever refer to those guys as aces. Bob Gibson was an ace. I'm bothered more by his supposed bad work ethic uh, and not listening to Maddox. Well, y you know, I understand that. I will say that the bad work ethic, all that stuff. But the bad work ethic always comes from like a weird source with interesting caveats to his bad work ethic. Uh, I know he's a super sweet kid who takes the sport really serious. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know enough about his work ethic to be able to say. Everything else is just hearsay at this point, remember? The problem is we view that stuff as fact. I think it's a waste of money spending it on a 30-year-old relievers. I do, too. That's a great point from Chandler Hayes. Hello, Chandler. Welcome to the shindig. Uh, Carlos has weird hair, so he sucks. Trust me, I know. As someone who doesn't have any hair at all, I would agree. Agree on your take on all of the pitchers. Thank you, sexbot. Uh, Einhorn is a man. Finkel, Einhorn. Finkel, Einhorn. Finkel, Finkel, Finkel. Einhorn is a man. You will never convince me that Flaherty will not be an ace. Again, Jack Flaherty might win a Cy Young award, but that doesn't make him an ace. You know, it, look, it, Jacob DeGrom, think about how good he was. Think about how dominant he was. He's, he had one ace-like year. But is Jacob DeGrom an ace? No, look, Clayton Kershaw's an ace. Uh, Max Scherzer's an ace. I would argue that there isn't an additional ace in Major League Baseball. Maybe Corey Kluber. Uh, but even Corey Kluber's at the end of his time. You know, like, he's getting towards the end of his, his career. Uh, more, or rather, closer to the end of his career than the beginning of his career is what I'm trying to say. Uh, being an ace is rare, you know? It's like when you read these lists and they hand out 80-grade tools. I have a problem with an 80-grade tool because, to me, an 80-grade tool is a legendary tool. You know, that's uh, Ricky Henderson's speed, Lou Brock's speed, uh, Albert Pujols' uh, uh, hitting ability. But now you're seeing, like, 80 grades being handed out left and right as if these guys have legendary skills. And even a scary tool 
is not an 80-grade tool. We're, we're hurting our own fandom by, by levying these expectations. Uh, it's fun to talk about at the water cooler, though. Cardinals should sign Charlie Morton for 225. So uh, when I did the little MLB trade rumors thing, uh, by the way, the Cardinals probably won't sign a starting pitcher. They have such depth there, it, it, you know, unless they trade Waka, which would be tough because he only has one year left. Um, and also he'll come with draft pick compensation after next year, which isn't a first-round draft pick, but it's still comp, and the Cardinals need that stuff. Uh, I have Charlie Morton going back to the Astros. I think that that's a perfect thing that's going to happen. Uh, you listened to the 30 for 30 podcast on Ricky Henderson. I did not, but I heard it was great. I'm going to check it out. Uh, Ryan Schul, hello, how are you? Uh, from Marco DeFino says, Waka, Waka blows. You know, Waka's good when he's healthy, uh, but he's not healthy enough, right? Uh, good players have tools, bad players are tools, from Eric Thomas. Uh, I like that as just a blanket cover statement for all things in life. Uh, what do you think is the most likely landing spot for Dexter Fowler, from our friend Hex? Uh, what is Tommy Lane's role in 2019? Tommy Lane is an organizational depth piece until he's pitching in the major leagues. He was signed to a minor league deal, so he'll stay in the minors. Uh, where do I expect Fowler to land? Uh, as the, I mean, honestly, if I'm... Taking my hopes and dreams of having Bryce Harper in right field, uh, I would imagine Dexter Fowler is your starting right fielder on opening day. Uh, Kiefer Dean Roach, how are you, my friend? Thank you for being here. Uh, again, if it's not not what I want, I just, you know, I I look at that contract for Fowler. I think about the injury he's coming off. I just can't imagine a team, even if the Cardinals were to take a huge trunk, I mean, anything less than like 60% of the contract, a team is going to balk on. Uh, and I don't think the Cardinals are going to do that until they have a certified Bryce Harper in right field. Uh, we overused Waka back in 2013. Uh, yeah, I, look, I think that that's a statement that could be argued for sure. I don't know if it's anything that I believe. Look, uh, Michael Waka has a, a degenerative issue in his shoulder, right? That, that scalpula is jacked up. It wouldn't have mattered how often he was going to be used. That was something that was going to happen no matter what. Uh, we're all, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> some gifts. Um, we're all stuck with Fowler. But, again, like, we don't do ourselves any good by saying we're stuck with Fowler. Remember, if we get Dexter Fowler back to 2017 Dexter Fowler, then that's a really, really valuable piece. You know, I, I, we're stuck with him if he doesn't right the ship, for sure. Uh, if they had to hold on to Fowler, they have to use him as a fourth outfielder. O'Neal uh, has to develop. You guys know where I feel on that? Uh, my shirt says, I'm the dude, man. I'm the dude, man. It comes from my sweet-ass brother, Michael Reese. Uh, Lebowski, yeah, yeah, that's it, Kiefer Dean Roach. Uh, again, look, I, I just, I hate to keep pushing, like, the perspective thing. That's just where my mind's at. Uh, people always talk bad about the Cecil and Fowler contracts, but I never see a mention of the leak contract. That's because leak isn't in a uniform anymore. Hey, Shelton Mysterio, what's up? Fowler will have the bounce back here in 2019. He very well could. And uh, I, I'm hoping for it, man. Uh, uh, yeah, the El Dudorino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Fowler, Hudson, or something similar, and six to eight million for all of Grinky from Octavius Rex, our good friend Octavius. Look, I think I think you're talking about maybe even even more than that. Like, I don't know, man. Look, I and that's not, I'm telling you, I wouldn't do that for Grinky's contract with the starting depth that the Cardinals have. If the Cardinals didn't have a ton of starting depth, I'd say maybe you think about it. Uh, and you know, even I'm telling you, unless you get Bryce Harper, even flipping Fowler one for one for Grinky. And the amount of money that you would have to pay Grinky is not something that the Cardinals would do, whether it makes sense or not. Uh, yeah, Fowler could easily go 250, 340 with 18 next year. Yeah, I, I agree. Again, he could, uh, he could, uh, it's all about that on base percentage with him, right? If he has modest home run power, that 12 to 15 range, 
and is getting on base at a 360 clip. That's that number two hitter that the Cardinals absolutely need. Uh, from Alex French, does Schilt look like the guy that carries dental floss with him everywhere he goes? Yeah, Mike Schilt looks like the guy who the teacher... Mike Schilt looks like your high school trigonometry trigonometry teacher who goes into the bathroom and brushes his teeth before and after lunch. Uh, can the free agent period get rolling already from Chandler Hayes? So, I'm glad you're bringing that up, Chandler. Today is the 18th. On Tuesday, all teams have to have added players that need protection to the from the Rule 5 draft onto their 40-man roster. I would suspect that over the next two days, you're going to see some DFAing. You're going to see some uh, roster jockeying, maybe some minor trades. Uh, this is when Alenmi's Diaz got traded about this time last year. Uh, you're going to see trades like that, and it's going to happen. And Alenmi's Diaz this time this year. That's funny. Uh, you're going to see these kind of moves over the next two days. And then after we get past the 20th and after we get past Thanksgiving, that's when things will really start to heat up. Mike Schilt looks like your high school FFA sponsoring teacher. Uh, Ralphie and Christmas Story, a.k.a. Mike Schilt. Yeah, uh, Mike Schilt is what Ralphie from A Christmas Story would have grown up to be if uh, he wouldn't have shot, you know, wouldn't have shot himself in the eye. Uh, oh, using this logic is Mad Bum and Ace. Think carefully from Octavius Rex. No. No, Mad Bum is not an ace. Mad Bum was a really great pitcher for a really long time, but he is not an ace. Uh, Mike Schilt uh, was not at that point. Mike Schilt looks like Barry Hinson. Where is Diaz at now? Diaz was just traded to the Houston Astros uh, yesterday, I believe. So you think all we do is sign Donaldson? Uh, uh, do I think that's all we do? No, look, I, I think more than likely they expand out and either sign Britton or Miller. I think they sign Donaldson. Uh, after that, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what to think. I, I don't even know if they're in on Donaldson the way that everyone else does. I know that I'm a big fan of Josh Donaldson, and I would love to have him anchoring a Cardinals lineup. I just don't know if that's what they're looking for. As long as, look, again, the roster redundancy thing, as long as it's not Mike Moustakis that they signed. You know, Mike Moustakis is a fine player on a roster made of better players. Uh, he's not an antidote for what ails the Cardinals. They need something that's more. They need something that's better. Uh, uh, you know, beyond that, we'll see. Uh, miss the playoffs year four. I don't know. It's still too far away. We haven't even got to the offseason yet. Uh, I don't disagree, but I think a large portion of fans would, yeah, let them disagree. But that's because fans have unrealistic expectations. Uh, Mike Schilt looks like he expects you to have his daughter home no later than 11. Uh, Harper, obviously the biggest name, but they're going to laugh when they hear $500 million from Boris. Yeah, from uh, RB uh, underscore 314. Yeah, I, and I would look... There was a lot of talk last week about uh, the, the competing articles, although they said the same thing from Ken Rosenthal and, and Mr. Derek Gould. And really, if you use logic to try to figure out what happened there, what happened was Mr. Mazalak called Mr. Boris and said, what kind of price tag are you looking at? Mr. Boris said $500 million for 25 years or whatever crazy shit Scott Boris said. Mo said, what are we talking about realistically? Boris probably didn't say anything. And Mo said, all right, we're going to pivot and try to uh, fill our other needs while we still negotiate with you. Uh, let us know when the price goes down because it's going to go down. Uh, just saying hi, everyone. Hey, uh, Sweaty Todd, how are you at work? Then heading to Arby's. Good for you. Uh, get that Greek gyro, that Greek gyro, 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 gyro. Uh, get that Greek pita meats and get that poops on. Uh, if the roster stays the same as last year, I would rather develop Munoz at third than play Jet every day from Forever Cards. Yeah, uh, maybe. You guys know where I stand on that. I don't think, look, I don't know what the offseason looks like. I'm, I don't have the slightest idea what the Cardinals are pursuing. None of us do. The Cardinals do an amazing, uh, wait, did you say Nunez or Munoz? Ah, Giros. Giros for Gyros, Giros. Uh, yeah, Gyro Munoz. I, let me rephrase that. So here's the thing. If you're talking, uh, 
I think that Jairo Munoz has the potential to be a very, very average third baseman. He has a strong arm for it. It's his best tool. It's his carry tool. We all know that. Uh, I just want them to go with Jerko when he has the hot hand if they keep the roster the same. Look, just be smart about it, right? If Jerko has that hot hand where he's hammering the baseball, you play him every day, and when he's cold, you put Jairo in. Uh, if we don't have a new three-hitter by the end of the season, I don't think we're a playoff team. I think that's a safe bet. Uh, again, we're talking about the end of the 2019 season. That doesn't mean they have to come out of uh, uh, the offseason with a number three hitter, but, man, they'd be in bad shape if they did. Uh, next ballpark village development has been announced, a Mormon temple. That would be a, a good way to bring in a gentleman, I think. Would Stanton have gotten us to the playoffs this year? Yeah, I do I do think that. I do think the difference between what Giancarlo Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, and what Marcelo Zuna would have brought would have been a big, like, the difference in two wins. Now, if it gets him past the wild card, I don't know about that, but it gets him into the wild card. Uh, let's see. Did you watch the MLB All-Star vs. Japan team? Would you want any Japanese player? I didn't watch it. I, I apologize for that. I know that UC uh, Kaikuchi is the big left-handed starting pitcher who, again, like, in my mind, is more comparable to Kenta Maeda than, you know, like, Cy Michaelis from a production standpoint, uh, maybe even a kick below Maeda. I watch him. He has good stuff, but I think he's susceptible to right-handed hitting, uh, and I think that right-handers might actually punish him for a while. Uh, again, I, you know, you're talking about, a again, a 3-5 ERA, somewhere between the 3-5 and 4. He's going to strike out some people, though, because that stuff is nasty. I, I think he's going to own left-handed hitters. I just think that his stuff... And the way he masks it, it seems like he opens up early, and it seems like he shows that ball early. And uh, I just feel like like righties get on it pretty quick. Uh, lefty reliever from Chandler Hayes. Yeah, but he's going to sign on to be a starter somewhere. Uh, if you could pick one athlete from another sport to play the cards, who would you pick and what position from Hooks Bear? That's interesting. Uh, I would pick Alex Bregman to play third base for the St. Louis Cardinals. No, I would pick Luis Robert to play outfield for the St. Louis Cardinals. No, I would pick... Uh, LeBron James to play <laughs> first base. Uh, Kakuchi to the cards BP. Yeah, that'd be great. Like I said, he's going to sign on to be a starter and he's going to get starter money. He'd be a great left-handed reliever, though, I'm telling you. Yeah, Usain Bolt to play center field. OBJ to play center from MLB trades. I'd like for OBJ to just play outfield uh, and not have anyone else out there. Uh, it'd probably be a lot like Harrison Bader, more than likely. If you, let's see, uh, Stout Jonathan, our boy Jonathan Stout asks, uh, uh, Lane Thomas ETA, well, just use logic here. Or, you know, uh, smart timing. You know, he finished the year in the outfield for Memphis. That tells you that if, if the Cardinals need relief options out in the outfield, uh, they probably go to Justin Williams if Justin Williams stays on the 40-man and on the Cardinals squad. Uh, they'd probably go to him first. But after that, it'd probably be Lane Thomas or Randy Arozarena. And I'll be honest, you know, right now it appears that Lane Thomas is the more complete player. You guys know where I stand on this. I think Randy is the better player long term. I think that the overuse of baseball for two straight years with maybe three months worth of a break really, really worked against Randy. I think he's due for a breakout 2019. And by breakout, I mean, you know, he's not going to hit 20 home runs. He might hit 15, uh, but it, that 280, 340, you know, 480 kind of breakout. What about Jag from Kiefer Dean Roach? Jag is in such a weird spot, Kiefer Dean, man. I don't even know what to say about that. I don't even know what to think about that. Again, I said Justin Williams, but you bring up a good point. Uh, Jose Adeliz Garcia, who I expect to start the year at Memphis if he stays in the organization and doesn't move, uh, I, I, he would be first, and then maybe Justin Williams again if these guys stay in the organization, and then after that, Lane Thomas. So, Lane Thomas with an ETA of 2019, uh, if you're just going it that way. Uh, MLB Trade says Jag to get traded. 
Yeah, he would have trade value too, just how much, you know, uh, to make room. Let's see, how about Eovaldi for closer from Rhett uh, Garrity? Uh, so the issue about Nathan Eovaldi for closer is it sounds like, just reading some information on him as a free agent, he's marketing himself as a starter. Uh, he'll go wherever he gets the most money, of course. Uh, uh, <laughs> I logged out. What did you say? Uh, I complimented you for bringing up Jose Adolis Garcia and said that he would be the first call before Justin Williams uh, if he stays on the 40-man and in the organization. Uh, and I expect him to start at Memphis next year. Um, so, of course, Avaldi will go wherever he gets paid the most to do whatever they pay him to do. But the rumor is that he's looking for starter money to be a starter. So, unless things change, uh, I doubt he'd, he'd be a reliever. Uh, nine teams have already reached out to Avaldi. That's the rumor. If you want a free agent, would you go for the best fit or most money mixture of both? I'd go for whatever logical. Like, in my mind, uh, uh, Bryce Harper does not make any sense uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Just looking at the 25-man roster and the 40-man roster and knowing what's in the system. But you can't let a player like Bryce Harper pass you up if you have the money to spend on him. He's too dynamic. He's too special. He's too young. He's too dynamic uh, to pass up on. So i go hard after him. He'd be my number one priority. I would go after him before I'd go after Machado. Uh, not for any of the stuff that a lot of other people are concerned about. I just think from like a transcending talent, Harper is that guy. So I would do that, and that's why, in my mind, your next step would be Donaldson ahead of Machado, because I just think when you're talking about years of service, years you would have to pay, and the discount you would get for Donaldson coming off of the injury history that he's had, as compared to Manny Machado, who you would have to pay an inflation rate for, I'd go with Donaldson instead of Machado. i just use whatever logic's going on in my head, and to be honest with you, that's very little. Uh, please get Harper. Yeah, I think we're all on that boat. Uh, where are the Cardinals trading Jose Martinez to? I don't know, but, uh, you know, as I said, uh, Jerko and Jose Martinez are the two guys that if you can find some way to trade both of them and make your team stronger, again, if you bring in Donaldson, that makes Jerko expendable. Jose Martinez is currently expendable. Uh, to, if you can trade two of those guys and then, you know, strengthen your, your farm system and the left side of your bullpen, then that's a huge victory. Uh, let's see, the most flow in an outfield ever from Maggie Lads. Yeah, me and Maggie, we'd be having just like the craziest MMMMMFs with just outfielders of hair and sex and dick piercings because I'm pretty sure Tyler O'Neill got that dick pierced, Joe. Uh, who does Harper look more like uh, with his new perm, Prince or Elvis? He looks like Lyle Lovett. He looks like Lyle Lovett more than he looks like anything. I don't know who pointed that out. It might have been our boy Todd Thiessen, but somebody pointed that out, and I thought, yeah, that dude, he plays the saxophone and sings, sort of. Uh, as Drupal as a reliable utility player? That's an interesting question. I'm on board for that. Again, I'm not talking about as Drupal Cabrera as a solver or as the answer to the question, but I definitely like the idea of as Drupal Cabrera uh, as a super utility player for the St. Louis Cardinals next year. I think it makes him better in the long run, and I don't think he ends up costing that much. How good are the Cardinals' third base prospects? Uh, they're really good. They have four that are really good and all do things differently. Again, starting on Friday at Birds on the Black, you'll get my organizational positional rankings. Uh, top, we'll start with top ten starting pitchers, then we'll do top five relievers, top ten outfielders, top five catchers. First baseman, second baseman, third base, or shortstop, then third base. Uh, you'll have to wait till the last day for the third baseman. But they're a good, good group. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's the best group of third basemen. Uh, it's probably the best and strongest group position-wise that is an outfielder starting pitcher that the Cardinals have had in a long time. Uh, what was the injury to Ankiel? I remember seeing but forgetting to read the article. It was, he ended up having the Seth Manis surgery. Uh, the, the Tommy John that isn't Tommy John. It's just like a routine cleanup of the area. That's the surgery that he had. 
Uh, let's see. As a utility player, as Dribble Cabrera, as a starter, as Dribble Cabrera. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Uh, that's I like the way you're thinking there. Why is everyone trying to trade J-Mart for a reliever? Dude was our second best hitter and cost zero. Well, the issue and the reason that people are trying to trade him for a reliever is because of where his value is, right? Uh, he was definitely one of the more consistent hitters throughout the year. But just remember that you're talking about a guy who's 30 years old, who has undergone some pretty major leg injuries, who can probably only DH in the long run, although you might be able to market him as a first-base outfielder on a limited basis. Uh He's cheap, and that will help his value on the trade market. But he has his limitations and a floor that – well, the floor helps him. But he doesn't have much in the way of a ceiling. Like, this is the player, and it could be argued that he's hit his peak. And I don't think anyone would say that his peak is worth supreme value. You know, that's why, like, Taylor Rogers, yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe maybe Minnesota can is willing to do something like that. I don't see that. Again, I think Taylor Rogers has more value than Jose Martinez. But I think that's why, in our minds, a lot of us are selling him for a left-handed reliever. Look, the way I look at it is, if you can get better at third base and you can move Jerko and Jose Martinez for prospects and enrich the left side of your bullpen, then that's a win. And however you do that, uh, that's a victory. Uh, yeah, but not many teams are thinking uh, thinking we need a DH who hits 300 with 15 bombs. Exactly, and that limits his value too. Very good point, Corey. Have we seen Wong's ceiling as a hitter? Uh, all he did in Hawaii was hit. We have not seen his ceiling as a hitter. He flashes those signs before, you know, for a while there in the second half. Colton Wong was dynamite uh, at the plate. It was really clicking for him, but that knee uh, injury that he hasn't gotten treated, that has me really worried about his 2019 season, uh, that knee that found its way into its hip, uh, his hip issue, uh, man, he's got to get that thing repaired. But if it wouldn't have been for that, I think that he would have busted out on the scene, uh, similar to how he was for those couple weeks there before he got hurt again. Uh, Greg Garcia is about to hit 295 plus 20 home runs. Yeah, Greg Garcia is your new Daniel Descalso. Does Nolan from Kiefer Dean Roach, uh, does Nolan Gorman only play third base or does he have some flexibility? Well, I'm going to take this off, take a look at my weird head. As a friend of mine said, it's not that the top of your head was weird, it's just that the bottom of your head is so wide. So not only now am I aware that the bottom of my face is so wide and ugly, but the top of my head is misshapen and weird too. Man, I've got so much working for me. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Next time, get a time machine and abort me. Uh, let's see, Nolan Gorman flexibility. So my thought is... Uh, he's only been a third baseman right now, but he is super athletic and super young. Uh, I think, I think with a little bit of development, he'll stick at third base. But if you're talking about like Alaris Montero taking third base from him or Josh Donaldson or Manny Machado being like your everyday with the young switching or whatever, being like your everyday third baseman, I do think that he's athletic enough to move to a corner outfield spot. He has a good enough arm to move to a corner outfield spot. And I think he'd be a really, really good first baseman. Again, 18 years old, we keep him at third base as long as possible, but he's definitely athletic enough to move around if needed. Uh, what, pros uh, what prospect that we haven't seen so far are you most excited to see in 2019? Uh, where can I get a pad hoodie? That uh, Cardinals Gifts is going to have to answer that one. Maybe we'll put them back on sale again soon. I know I've had a lot of people asking about buying those things, and, uh, you know, now be the time. Uh, who's a prospect that I haven't seen make a major league debut? I talked about this at Meet Me uh, on Meet Me at Mutual last week. I'm really anxious to see what Genesis, Genesis Cabrera looks like at the major leagues. I know the Cardinals are talking about maybe moving him into the bullpen. At least that's been the rumor. Uh, keep that guy a starter as long as possible. He's worked hard to iron out the mechanical issues uh, and the repeatability issues that he had. And it started to show at the beginning of last year as a member of the Cardinals organization, especially in the Memphis playoffs, pitching out of relief. Uh, that Genesis Cabrera, the slider fastball, uh, okay curveball, but good change, which he struggles to locate sometimes. 
all three of those pitches work extremely well together, and he is a legitimately good pitcher. And I'm anxious to see what that looks like at the major league level. Beyond that, you guys know how I feel. I, I love Ryan Helsley. I want to see Ryan Helsley pitch extremely well and be healthy. I'll root for Ryan Helsley until I die. And then on top of that, like Nolan Gorman, if Nolan Gore or no, if uh, Tommy Edmond, sorry, we just talked about Nolan Gorman. I saw his name came up. Tommy Edmond. I'm anxious to see what Tommy Edmond looks like if he can be the utility infielder, uh, similar to what Greg Garcia was, but from a switch hitting perspective. I know he's just as good of a, a fielder as Greg Garcia was. He was a better shortstop than Greg Garcia ever was, too. He's really interesting. Uh, whose lawn ornament is the Marlins outfield statue going to become? I'd love to put that, like, right here in front of my apartment. Uh, and on my street, about four houses up is a big fountain. And it's, you know, about 12 feet tall or whatever, and there's water and blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what the hell it is. But I'd like to put that beautiful thing right there in the middle of the street and let people drive around it in the big cul-de-sac there or whatever the hell that thing is. Semi, semi-sack, we'll call it. This is the semi-sack episode uh, because my balls are small. Would you be for or against signing Bryce Harper's brother to a minor league contract? Uh, I didn't even know that that was a possibility or a thing. But, yeah, whatever gets Bryce Harper here. Where is the best bar in Bush Stadium? If Father will be back in right field, I need to know. Well, I don't know if there's a good bar in Bush Stadium. Uh, your best bet is to get all-inclusive all, you, all inclusive tickets and just drink yourself into oblivion. Do you think Genesis has a shot at making the team next season, or do you think he still needs time? I would like for him to get time and be one of the first call-ups uh, as a, if a starter goes down. I do think there's a chance that the Cardinals don't address the left side of their bullpen via free agency or trade, that Genesis Cabrera will break with the big club. Again, uh, maybe he ends up being like Jordan Hicks, and he has that kind of role, and then we're all happy with him being the left-handed relief. But I just think they're selling themselves short, especially since they traded Tommy Pham, in particular for him, of limiting him, him to a bullpen role. He has starter stuff. Make no mistake of it. Uh, Carson Kelly is poop. Yeah, you're not a big fan of that Carson Kelly, are you, Matt Thompson? And again, we were uh, we spent a lot of time uh, Condoleezza next to him. <laughs> oh, man, the Browns. Uh, Kelly, again, we were... So in our group chat, we were trying to figure out the value of Carson Kelly. And again, it's tanked. It's not what it was two years ago. But just keep in mind that, like... Think about what Mar you know, Martin Maldonado was traded for. You know, there is a market still for him. His value is diminished, but he is a valuable piece, a controlled valuable piece for a team that doesn't need an immediate starter. Uh, a team that, you know, might look to upgrade defensively from Chris Ianetta or any of those crappy, terrible catchers that we saw in the Brewers uh, Rocky series. Uh, he still has value. Don't think he doesn't. It's just that it isn't a lot of value. And uh, boy, has he been terrible with his time at the major leagues. You guys know I like him. I, I just wish that he would clean up some of his body fat and take the position a little bit more seriously. Uh, let's see. From Patrick B says, Seattle. Seattle has a big gap there, right? And they're trying to clear salary. And I'm telling you, I think that they're either going to try to sign Wilson Ramos or uh, Yasmani Grandal if they can clear any salary at all. But yeah, but that's perfect because if they can even get a starter there, then he would have value there. It's just, again, you're not going to trade Carson Kelly straight up for Gene Segura. You're going to have to, you know, work like Carson Kelly for Ben Gamble. Maybe you can do something like that. Uh, uh, most catchers in MLB are dog shit. It's embarrassing from Chandler Hayes. They're not dog shit. It's just compared to the rest of baseball statistically, they're not good. Uh, and catching so hard and finding a reliable backup that is a clubhouse presence and a leader is not easy based on videos he looks like he busts ass working out yeah they all look like they bust ass working out but i'm i think it's more of a like a mental preparedness thing than anything and again that's me speculating and that's not fair so keep that in mind 
Uh, forgot about Gyro Munoz. We're talking about Gyro some more. Uh, Seth Elledge from Patrick B. Ooh. Spoiler alert for my position rankings. You'll find this out on Saturday of next week. Uh, Seth Elledge is my number one relief pitcher in the Cardinals organization. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the big, the Texas Baptist, is Dallas Baptist, right? He went to Dallas Baptist University. He's a big boy, and he throws with all of his body. And his curveball is weird, and his slider can be really, really good sometimes. Actually, that slider reminds me more of Luke Gregerson's than anything. Uh, his slider can be really, really good sometimes. His fastball, like, lives in the mid-90s. Somebody told me that they read that it, it was, like, a low-90s fastball. Look, I listened and watched to near, nearly all of his Memphis and Springfield starts, and they kept saying, Elledge, 96 on the gun. Elledge, 95 on the gun. He's a mid-90s thrower. Maybe, maybe before he was traded from Seattle to St. Louis, his velocity tanked a little bit, but that didn't really seem to be an issue uh, with his time here. I, I will say that I watch that slider sometimes, and I'm really, really impressed. And if he can hone it in, if he can make it a more consistent pitch, we're all in good shape. Uh, let's see. If Wong gets hurt, who's the second baseman, Carp or someone else from Iowa Neck? So my thought about uh, what happens at second base is it depends on how the rest of the roster shakes out. My guess is because they love Gyro Munoz, they will still continue to put Gyro Munoz at second base. Uh, it's not something I'm particularly keen on. Uh, at that point, I would think Edmundo Sosa would get another call, and maybe he would get some starts there. Uh, but as the roster is currently made... Uh, those would be the two guys who would get the most time. Cabrera could maybe like our Felipe Rivero. Uh, yeah, so he could be like that, but I just, I'm not ready to commit to that. Uh, who did they trade for Elledge? It was Sam Tuovalala. Somebody said Justin Bohr. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Uh, you know, somebody said that, uh, look, I like Justin Bohr. I think he's a fine player. Again, I, I don't know what's happened to him. Somebody said that the Phillies screwed around with him. I know that he was bad with the Marlins. He started turning it around before the trade that sent him to Philadelphia. I, uh, look, he could be a really interesting person, and he hits from the right direction. But why would you do that if you have Jose Martinez? Like, bringing him on is just kind of a redundancy at this point. You know, uh, more than likely he clears waivers, and you can figure something out later. I would be tough to fit Bohr on the 40-man. Yeah, again, another roster redundancy. Uh, Schrock needs more time learning to hit more than just singles from Kiefer Dean Roach. You know, Kiefer, the, Mr. Roach, Mr. Dean Roach, the issue with Schrock is that he makes so much contact and he has such good plate coverage and pitch recognition that when he gets two strikes on him, he's just kind of flailing and making contact and he doesn't really hit anything hard. Schrock definitely needs more time. He needs more confidence, man. He needs, he needs to have a better understanding of his own approach with, in each individual count. You know, Ramon Urias is an interesting second base option. Uh, I have him as a second baseman. He can play short, he can play third, but I think he's best suited for second. Uh, he actually is a lot like what we thought Eli Alvarez was going to be, except for from the right side. That he's, He is that player. So maybe he gets some time at second. I don't know. Schrock has a lot of developing to do. Uh, basically, one of Fowler Martinez has to go, can't carry both. Well, we say that, but they did carry both last year. It, they have to make an addition to be able to say that they can't carry both. I firmly believe that if they don't sign Donaldson or Machado or Harper or Moustakis, uh, that they will keep all of those guys. And they shouldn't. They should definitely look to move them. But to say that they can't, they did last year when Father was healthy. And it didn't work out well, but they still did. And they love both those guys. 
which player's Instagram account is your favorite? I don't have Instagram. Uh, people have been sending me pictures of that lovely and talented dog from this Barkley from the St. Louis Blues uh, in his Instagram account. And if you would please send keep sending those to me, I'd be happy. Uh, can you smell what the Shrock is cooking? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, oh, God, I just remember we played Matt Adams and Colton Wong in the outfield. Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking about that, too. Uh, uh, any trade value and wisdom. We'll get to that, uh, in a second. We were talking about that too. How many other organizations have placed guys out in the outfield? One guy out in the outfield who couldn't throw the baseball. The Cardinals have done it twice. And John Jay, if you want to count a third time, but they, they did it with Randall Gritchick who could not throw the baseball. He had to shovel the ball to Jason Hayward. And then they did it all last year with Marcelo Zuna. Those are troubling trends, man. Like, that's how you get yourself into a lot of trouble. Uh, any trade value in Patrick Wisdom? Uh, sort of the Braves. The Braves played him out there too a little bit. Uh, Adams out in the outfield too. Look, I would say that there's marginal trade value in Patrick Wisdom. It, not even marginal. There's, there's like the most minute trade value in Patrick Wisdom. You're talking about, uh, again, you're talking about like Josh Lucas for Casey Meisner. You're talking about, uh, uh, Bravik Valera. For uh, Johan Miesis. Like, that's the kind of value he has. You're talking about a fringy minor leaguer with maybe a plus tool or an interesting tool that just, ha you know, probably won't get them further than where they're at in the minors now. Uh, remember when Tommy Pham liked the Fangraphs article about Matt Adams? That was a great moment in Fangraphs history. Uh, to Tommy Pham. We're an hour into this and I've hardly drank anything. That's never happened before. I'm, I'm worried about myself. Uh, see a few high ERA totals from uh, Genesis Cabrera in the minors. What makes him project to be so good in the majors? Well, you know, sometimes those minor league stats... Let me, let me take a step back. There's a couple things that you need to know about Genesis Cabrera. First, as a young, young man, he was promoted aggressively. Sometimes that's tough. The other thing is, back in the day, until this year, he had a, uh, an extreme amount of trouble repeating his delivery throwing his pitches and even like fastball like repeating his fastball delivery from pitch from pitch in and pitch out was not there it was not good uh he he's worked to make it better and it's getting better but remember if you're not repeating your delivery that makes you a little bit more wild and also his stuff bites uh and i don't think he really had full control of how nasty that stuff is uh and also don't look at era era doesn't tell you very much uh, but I will tell you that his stuff is off the charts. His mechanics have gotten better. His location command has gotten better. And uh, he's still young for whatever level he's going to be at, whether that be the major league level or Memphis. This is one of those plays where you look at, just like Adam Wainwright back in the day when he was in both you know, the Braves and the Cardinals minor league system. You look at it and you see the stuff, and sure, the stats aren't necessarily translating, but you see it and you know that it's good. Uh, you know, think about it this way. Look at Dakota Hudson, right? We knew before Dakota Hudson became a major leaguer, I, everyone that I would talk to, sure, his ERA was, was low. But he wasn't striking out anyone, and he had trouble getting ahead in counts. And those are two things that are more alarming to me than ERA when we're talking about minor league, uh, minor league success manifesting at the major league level. Uh, Genesis gets ahead of hitters. He just has trouble putting them away. Same thing with Ryan Helsley. That's why I like Ryan Helsley more than I like Dakota Hudson. Anybody who listened to me last year knew that Dakota Hudson was going to struggle at the major league level. Again, most of that was aided by overuse early on. Uh, but it just goes to show you that sometimes those stats at the minor leagues don't tell nearly all of the story, or particularly any of it. Ah, uh, yes, the rally cat, but why can't we have a cat and a puppy? Uh, dogs and cats living in harmony, uh, end of the world times. 
Uh, I look, I'm all about having a cat and a dog. I love animals. Give me all your animals. There was a really cute thing on Twitter about a deer that found its way into a house after eating chocolate, or a, a grocery store after eating chocolate biscuits or some crazy shit like that. I'm all about that. Bring me your animals. We need to have a cardinal's cow, a cardinal's deer, a cardinal's cat, a cardinal's raccoon, a cardinal's squirrel, which, you know, Riley squirrel. Uh, all of the animals there needs to be a cardinal version. A cardinal's cardinals. Dakota Hudson basically won the Cy Young for AAA, yeah. And he's probably going to be a marginal, but maybe high upside bullpen piece moving on. Just goes to show you. Mass hysteria. That's what I was thinking of. Good work, Eric B. Again, minor league stats don't mean a whole lot. That's why it's important to actually watch the games and see what's going on. Look, I'm going to tell you, too, another thing. Like, minor league strikeout numbers are weird because minor league umpires are weird. It's something that we don't spend enough time talking about. But minor league umpires are weird. They get fooled by really, really good pitches, and they get overexcited about calling strikes on loopy, loopy curveballs. Uh, a rally deer running on the field would be wild. It'd be one of the wildest things ever. You know, a couple years back, maybe five or ten years back, there was a deer that was running around downtown. That doesn't happen very often, and it was newsworthy. Uh, uh, two, the rural deer finding their way to St. Louis City. We'll shoot the white people, but, you know. Uh, Andy Young can't wait for all the Cardinals Devil Magic tweets coming when he rakes. Yeah, Matt, so Matt Thompson, Matt, I'm anxious to see where you put our boy Andy Young. Andy Young is the most underrated. We're talking about prospects to break out. Look, I believe that a player who's only going to stay in the minors in 2019, Dylan Carlson, is going to break out. Andy Young started breaking out last year. The Cardinals kept him at Palm Beach for way too long, and it was almost like... Uh, uh, a wind-up toy. He, they just got wound up and wound up and wound up, and then when he got to Springfield, he exploded. Andy Young has a quick, beautiful swing with power. The leg kick addition has been the difference for him. That's where the power is coming from now. A smart kid, loves baseball, gym rat. Uh, good, above-average second baseman. Uh, I mean, you talk about a guy, potentially, who could fill in for Colton Wong if the Cardinals had the balls to put him on the 40-man in season. That's your guy. Uh, even Long and Hanging, McDaniel said Andy Young was underrated. Good, I like that. Good. Again, I only read part of that article, uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to beat on the Fangraphs guys. Uh, look, that's a hard job that they have. Uh, next year will be the year of the rally opossum. Oh, Maggie. Oh, so the one animal, <laughs> the one animal. As we get into animal Twitter, animal pad that I could do without that I would murder each and every one of is a possum. The possums are the disgusting creatures of the fucking underworld. They are from the ninth ring of hell. They're from the twelfth ring of hell, and there are only nine before possums existed. They are the most disgusting creatures on earth, and I want them all eradicated from this world. Uh, but to rally possum, God, they freak me out. They fucking freak me out, man. Oh, they freak me out. <sighs> Sorry. Oh, you guys got quiet, huh? I guess I'm the only one who feels that way about possums, huh? Uh, does Sosa project to be better than DeYoung? No, absolutely not. I'm not even going to... Uh, uh, possums are marsupials. They're not nice. Like, those things used to, So, back when I cared about myself, I used to run frequently. And possums are rampant here in the St. Louis City area. And those things, you you turn a corner and you hear... And you look in this fucking thing about the size of uh, uh, Gran Torino would be staring at you, hissing at you, and then chase you a little bit sometimes, too. They're disgusting. I can't do it. Uh, it couldn't get out and burn to death. <laughs> Opossums never die. Uh, Possums never die. They just trick you into thinking they can. Playing possum. I get it now. Thank you very much. Uh, getting back to Sosa and DeYoung, look, Sosa might be a more athletic player, and he's quicker than Paul DeYoung is. He has more foot speed than Paul DeYoung. 
But as far as like projecting better than Paul DeYoung, no, absolutely not. Uh, he did make a swing change with, you know, trying to get a little bit more lift onto the baseball. And he also introduced a leg kick, a bigger leg kick than what he had. And those paid off well for him from a slugging standpoint. I like the gains he made in 2018 uh, slugging. All good stuff. I love that. But as far as like, no, look, Paul DeYoung is a really, really good major league player. Again, uh, he's he's a great piece to build a team, to have a team like, he's a great piece in addition to a star built around. It, Paul DeYoung's the kind of guy who can help carry a team for a couple weeks. Sounds like you're scared. Uh, you scraped some off the asphalt a time or two. Man, I've come across some roadkill. Maggie, I hope this doesn't ruin things for us. Uh, what do you expect of Helsley in 2019? I'll answer that question when I see him pitching well out of spring training. I want him to be healthy. Uh, that's really all I care about with, uh, with, with, with Helsley. His season ended June 9th. He was removed early from a Memphis start. Tried to make a rehab start on August 8th, I believe, at Gulf Coast League. He was on a pitch count. He went two and two-thirds innings, and he never recovered after that. Rob Raines wrote a great article earlier in the week on STL Sports page that everyone needs to check out. He appears healthy. He seems healthy for the 2019 season. But until he's pitching day in and day out uh, uh, with live pitching, then I, I'm not going to have any expectations. I just want him to be healthy. We'll adjust our expectations accordingly. If he's healthy, I would expect him to be a major league contributor probably out of the bullpen by the end of the year. Uh, but don't think that he can't he can't start. His stuff is good enough to start. He has four pitches that are major league caliber pitches. It's just a matter of opportunity, really. Uh, who would you gamble of having the best chance of becoming a superstar at the major league level? Uh, if I'm gambling a superstar in the Cardinals organization, look, Nolan Gorman, yeah, the thing about being, being a superstar, right, is that you have to have hype to catapult you to superstardom. You know, think about, you know, A.J. Pollock was a really good player when he was healthy, and he was never a superstar. Uh, he didn't really have the hype, even as a first-round draft pick. There has to be hype that goes with that, and the only player in the Cardinal system that has that hype uh, is Nolan Gorman. Nunez does to a smaller degree, Torres does to a smaller degree, but the only player that does is, is Gorman. And if I had to hedge, I'd hedge in that direction. Are there any knuckleballers left, major or minor leagues? It's been a while. There are... Uh, uh, that Stephen Wright in uh, 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 Boston does. But other than that, in the minors, I don't know. I'm embarrassed that I don't know that. Uh, Pujols didn't have hype yet, but then... Well, no, that's not true either, okay? Just like Yadier Molina. Both of those guys did have hype. It's just think about what's happened in the meantime, like since 2001 when those guys made their major league debut. The, the game's changed a little bit. Look, you can be an all-time great, but what, what was different about Pujols? He was 21 years old and bust on the scene. And, you know... He was breaking records and setting historic records. That's not realistic to expect from anyone in the Cardinals organization at this point. It's just, it's not. So, you know, aside from coming up and breaking records from the get-go, uh, you need a little hype machine to give you a boost to superstardom. Uh, and again, I'm not talking about like superstar talent or superstar production. I'm just talking about from like an outside perspective point. I should have clarified that. That's on me. Uh, from Squirt Warner, our good friend, what do you think about Oviedo next year? So... Uh, as you'll read, and we get into our top ten starting pitchers in the organization, that'll come out on Friday on Black Friday over at Birds on the Black. I was really encouraged with what we saw out of the second half of Johan Oviedo. He's a big boy. He's six foot six. He'll be twenty one. He is twenty one. He'll be twenty one for the majority of the twenty nineteen season. Uh, his fastball, his curveball, all came a long way. The issue with any big body person, just like Casey Meisner, who is also on the top ten starting pitchers. Uh, the issue with any of those guys is it's hard to control all of that body. Oviedo's heftier than Maisner is. 
that helps him quite a bit. But I expect good things out of Oviedo in 2019. He'll probably start in the Florida State League, and that's a good league for him. He needs to get his command better. Command is an issue. You know, over his last 15 starts, he I think his batting average against was like 2-1-2. He wasn't allowing any slug at all, but he walked like 48 in those 70 innings over those 15 starts. And that's a concern for me. Uh, what is Williams' value over Capel? Uh, Capel has seemed to refine his swing. Counter Capel does not have a refined swing. In my opinion, the most painful thing about watching Counter Capel is his swing, his hitting mechanic. Look, he, when he stands, he stands crouched over the plate a little bit, kind of like Bobby Abreu used to a little bit, and then he tries to explode. But he doesn't explode because his swing is flattened out, and he swings kind of one-hand, like, it's like a weird two-handed, one-handed swing. Uh, look, what's, I, to me, those guys are kind of like 1A and, like, A and B. Like, I don't view them as better than the other. Just, again, us, with Justin Williams, it's simple. He needs to shorten his stride. Uh, he needs to get rid of that leg kick, and he needs to close up to home plate a little bit and also get some of that flat out of that swing. Uh, he's a little pull happy. That's a disaster. But Justin Williams is an intriguing player with intriguing athleticism. Capel is also intriguing. He also has intriguing athleticism. But Capel, it's just like you watch him now, and he looks like a disaster at the plate. And I think with him, and part of that is his hips fly open. You know, he keeps his hands back, but his hips fly open, and he kind of has, like, he opens up way too early. Uh, and I think part of that is because he's overcompensating for being tied on the plate. Cardinals got him to hit more fly balls after coming over. Williams, that is. That is true. His, his ground ball rate, which tanked in 2018 uh, as part of the Tampa Bay organization, uh, uh, definitely, sorry, I blanked out there, definitely went, uh, went in the right direction. But the swing like didn't change. And when we get to the outfielders on next Sunday, a week from today, you'll see I put some gifts in there from Williams where he's trying too hard. To, he ends up hitting a home run, but there's a fastball high and outside. And you can really see all the issues with his swing, and he still hits a home run, which is really interesting. Uh, that was early on with the Cardinals. Uh, so, you know, things change. Uh, but the sample's small, so we'll see what happens with Justin Williams. That's a good point, though, Matt. As always, you know what you're talking about. Uh, why was John Torres ranked so high? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know what you mean by ranked high. I'm sorry. Again, I, I'm assuming you're talking about fan graphs. I didn't look at it, I, and I can't attest for that because I didn't make that list. Uh, he is in my top ten outfielders, and uh, I would imagine that he'll be on the prospect live list that'll go live on Tuesday from our, uh, you know, from Lance and Matt. But why he was so high, you know, I would hope that they would explain that in the article. I can't say because I didn't read that part. Uh, when are we going to start seeing the flurry of 40-man roster moves? The next two days. Uh, tomorrow, the Cardinals will introduce those powder blue uniforms more than likely. And then the day after, there'll be a 40-man flurry. Uh, best move of this early hot stove. Uh, good life, Sean. I don't think any has happened yet. The Aledmi's Diaz trade seemed like a low-risk trade for Houston. I like that move. Other than that, I don't, like, I can't think of anything else. And that's because it's recent. You know, I... Everything else has just kind of been like a little small move here and there. Uh, I like that Greg Garcia isn't going to be forced to be used in a position that he's not meant for. That's a good move for the Cardinals to not have him anymore. And I don't mean that because he's trash. I'm not saying that. Because I think he's called trash a lot. And if he was just if he just would have been used properly, we would have been fine. Uh, but I think that really helps the Cardinals a lot. I, I hope that Matt Bowman turns out well for the Red Sox. I hope Greg Garcia, or the Reds, Bowman turns out well for the Reds. And I hope Greg Garcia turns out well for the Padres. Uh, what team has the coldest stove? 
I know a lot of people think the White Sox are going to spend some money this offseason. I don't think they're there yet. I think their stove is still pretty cold. The Royal stove is cold. They don't have a lot of assets to move, and they're not, you know, to rebuild, and they're not going to sign anyone. That's probably a pretty cold stove. Uh, Detroit Tigers, any team that isn't the Indians in the AL Central. Uh, Texas Rangers, they've got some pieces to move, though. That could be interesting. Uh, Orioles. Yeah, what are the Orioles going to do? You know, I still think that they re-signed Adam Jones, but that's only because I can't imagine Adam Jones going anywhere else. Like, maybe on a one-year deal to Atlanta, like, they got, uh, you know, to replace Marquecas, but I don't I don't know, man. Uh, Matheny to the Royals. Yeah, that, that's that been the rumor. Uh, somebody told me that it was a done deal. I hadn't heard for sure that it was a done deal, so I'll stay out of it. Uh, somebody said something about, like, a minor league coordinator or something. I don't know about that. So Shelby Miller 2020, big Shelby Miller guy over here. Big Shelby Miller guy over over here. Uh, Shelby Miller 2020, uh, that's who I'm voting for for president. You know, it was a kind of a rough return to Major League Baseball for Shelby Miller, and I hope that he gets his standing back because I do like Shelby Miller. And uh, granted, he doesn't really do anything particularly well anymore, and he doesn't throw, like, accurately enough to be a Lance Lynn type. Uh, but, you know, I hope he comes back, and I hope he's effective. Uh, Matheny back to 1A high school ball from the snorting bowl to you. You know, it's funny. Everyone hates Mike Matheny. And it's funny because a lot of his people that stood up for him have turned on him. I hate it because I don't want anyone to be turned on. I don't want anyone to be the whipping boy. But, man, is he the whipping boy still. Uh, Yeesh, Matheny running your minors doesn't seem good. But not like a minor. I've heard like a minor league instructor. Not like a, like a minor league coordinator kind of thing. When did the Rays trade Blake Snell? I don't think they're going to. Remember, that's still a team that won a bunch of games. Uh, I think that they could be an interesting player in some of the trade market. Not the free agent market, of course. Although, they will, I would imagine they'll make one or two moves from the free agent market that make their team better. Uh, but I would imagine them being pretty aggressive on the trade market. Uh, that was, the Malik Smith trade, that was a good trade. I had forgotten about that. that that's an interesting little move uh, for Seattle, in my opinion. Matheny only has use as a catch instructor. That's it. And I hope he gets that opportunity. Look, I don't harbor... Oh, I, let me rephrase that. I harbor resentment towards Mike Matheny. I harbor more resentment towards the front office for keeping him around as long as he was kept around. Uh, but I do. I hope that he has a chance to go to another organization and make a positive impact there. And if that ends up being catching coordinator, then I'm happy with that. I never hated Matheny. I thought he got blamed for stuff out of his control. Yeah, I, he does. But he also deserves a lot of the blame that he got. I want Joe Kelly back so bad. I'll tell you what. Look, how about this? Thoughts on Mets hiring former agents for some own players? I think that that's a good move if you're trying to get Jacob to ground sign. Um, oh, man, I had a good point there. Uh, Tommy Pham really going to hit 35 home runs and 30 bases? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he can stay healthy long enough for that to happen. This is what I'm going to tell you. Look, if I, Kyle Reese, the fan, am running the Cardinals organization – uh, and I can sign any players that I want. I'm signing Adam Adovino. And I not have to think about like what it means. Just like signing my favorite players. I'm signing Manny Machado. I'm signing Adam Adovino. I'm probably signing Joe Kelly. Uh, I'm signing Asdrubal Cabrera. Uh, like Those are the guys that I'm signing. But that doesn't make any sense, and they're all dumb moves. I love all those guys. They're all my favorite players. I'm trading everyone and their mother for Nolan Arenado, although a lot of people say he's overrated, which blows my fucking mind. Uh, but I... Uh, I'm doing crazy stuff. I love those guys. But if I'm running an organization from a responsible perspective, I'm not going after any of those people. Uh, uh, from Braun, not Brown, uh, when you deserve a bunch of blame and get it, stuff that ain't in your control becomes your fault. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And I like that. That's a really, that's a really smart word of wisdom. I really like the Rays next year. They should not trade any of their studs. No way Snell has moved. I don't think so either. Uh, and I do like the Rays next year. From our boy Kiefer Dean, uh, if you haven't used the Joe Kelly dancing gif, you are wrong. You are wrong and you hate America and I don't know why. Uh, Weaver is hilarious, but no place in the rotation from Maggie Ladley. Maggie, you know, as we, as we, uh, as we move, from segue from talking about Joe Kelly to Luke Weaver, this is what I've been trying to tell people. Now, Luke Weaver doesn't have the slider that Joe Kelly has, but I do think that you can get that level of production from the bullpen out of Luke Weaver that you would be paying a substantial, substantially inflated price for in Joe Kelly. 3.7 ERA, you know, uh, 8.7 Ks per nine, you know, maybe some walks. That's, I think that you can get that type of production out of Luke Weaver out of the bullpen. And you know what? You talk about a guy who's mentally made for the bullpen, just like Joe Kelly was. Those two guys are kind of cut from the same cloth, just in a different way. Uh, we'll see. Uh, apparently, Matt Thompson's saying something about uh, uh, Harper to the Angels. I think that's where Mustakis ends up. As long as he still does T-Rex arms, I, I'm down. Yeah, you know, the other thing we're going to miss about Matt Bowman, right? Because Matt Bowman was the one who went following that, uh, that T-Rex... In the bullpen, the, the, the inflated T-Rex that was running on the warning track, that was Matt Bowman. I love that, too. Uh, Luke Gregerson, worse signing than Cecil. It's not a worse signing than Cecil. And let me tell you why. Even though he was hurt. Because it was only two years at a relatively modest price. The fact that it was only two years saves that from being a worse deal than Cecil. Uh, because what happens is, with only having one more year left on that contract, the Cardinals won't be as afraid to cut bait. Uh, but with two more years of Cecil... In, I'm telling you, in the back of their minds, they're thinking, we have to see if we can get at least one more year out of him. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, let's see, Phillies aren't going to get Harper. I don't Look, I don't know how this is going to work. When I heard the Phillies owners say that they're probably going to spend money and probably spend it irresponsibly, I got a little worried. But that's the team with a lot of holes, and they don't necessarily need to sign Harper to spend irresponsibly. Gregerson bouncing back in 19. I like the sound of that. I hope so. It's not something that I'm particularly banking on. Uh, and more importantly, luckily, the Cardinals don't need that. The other issue, too, now, is that the Cardinals need Brett Cecil to rebound. Uh, they need that for the left side of their bullpen. Uh, or they need him to walk away and, and get better. But the Cardinals have plenty of right-handed options that they don't need Luke Gregerson to, uh, to, to find his form from three years ago. Would STL go 10-400 for Miller? Or for Harper, a uh, big Bryce Harper guy as well. Yeah, I think we're all pulling for Bryce Harper. I think I think the media's pulling for Bryce Harper. I think the guys in that that room are pulling for Bryce Harper, uh, not named Dexter Fowler. Uh, and even Dexter Fowler, you just never know. Again, total speculation on my part. Fandom, writers, all of us are pulling for Harper. Would they go 10, 400? I don't know. That seems pretty aggressive to me. Remember, the rumor is they were willing to go 10, 255, and also give prospects to the Marlins for Giancarlo Stanton. So we know they'll go 255. The question is, how much more will they go uh, in equity? And I do think, you know, keep in mind, too, that they're going to forfeit a draft pick for Bryce Harper. Again, it's not a first-round draft pick, but it's still a draft pick. I think you're talking, I do think 360, 375, they'll go there. I have nothing to tell me that way. I have, I've had multiple people that I trust tell me that they're, they'd be willing to go 10, 400. That seems aggressive to me. That doesn't seem to really fit what the Cardinals do. Uh, so until we see it, I'll hold off. Uh, it's not something I think that they would do, but I do think that 350, 375 range is definitely something that we should all view as doable for the Cardinals. Dex has been having a lot of fun on his Insta. Hopefully he comes back refreshed. 
I look, I love Dexter Fowler, and that's the big problem, right, with the, the, the lack of success he has, is it makes us all kind of loathe him. He's such a sweet guy, and he does a lot for the community, and he's a great linchpin in the clubhouse when he's happy. Uh, here's to Dexter Fowler having a rebound 2019 season. I'm not sure if you've answered this or not. Uh, I missed something about Carson being rated high. Uh, should we not read into Mo talking about not giving out long contracts? Stanton last year. Look, I think more than look, <laughs> they were willing to, to do that contract, right? And I think everything other than that is posturing. I think everything other than that is posturing. I don't think, I think ideally they do not want to give out a 10 year contract. Absolutely not. Nothing about that interests them. I don't think that means that they won't do it. I just think that they realize that most of the time that doesn't bode well. It usually does. It, look, the comments that he made are almost 100% correct. I think ideally he would want to try to match the modern day 7140 or whatever it was for Matt Holiday. I don't, I don't even remember. 7 whatever. I don't think they want to go more than seven years, but if you can build an opt out in and rearrange that money maybe you can get clever uh not sure if you've answered or not why is carlson rated so high again i don't know what ratings you're talking about you guys know me he's been in my top 10 on the dirty 35 uh he's been 10 on the dirty 35 he was 11 and then o'neill fell off and that put him at 10 why because he's a physical specimen that understands baseball that plays a really good right field with a really strong arm that doesn't strike out has a great approach and power to build on he's young playing in tough leagues, and he's never embarrassed himself. 2019 is a breakout for him. Uh, let's see. How about a Mets-Bobby Bonilla deal? That'd be something. Holy cow. Spoiler alert, Dylan Carlson is good. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Drake, man, how are you? Welcome back. Welcome back to our little our little thingy here. Uh, let's see. Man, we've had, I'll tell you what, we've had a great dialogue tonight. It's, we have great dialogue every week. Uh, I love you guys being here. Thank you so much. Uh, so much projection in the body and the skills of Dylan Carlson from Matt Thompson. Yeah, he uh, he's super talented. And again, like, the thing about a player like Dylan Carlson, right, if you're talking about projectability with someone like John Torres and his body type, that's one thing. That is true projectability. But with Dylan Carlson, it's a little different projecting that because you can you can see it all and not just dream on what you're seeing. That changes, like, perspective. That changes exactly how you evaluate. It's all there with Dylan Carlson. It's just that it's tampered, or rather tempered. Uh, it's been tamped down by playing in leagues that are so advanced for the level and age and experience that he's been at. That's the difference. Uh, look, you can't be bad and be as good and solid as he's been. Uh, it's, you know, there's a first baseman in the organization named Brady Whalen that I really like, uh, who has had an increased WRC plus, uh, even though his stats have been kind of weird over the last couple of years, it's kind of the same way with him. He just understands baseball. He understands approach. It's just, will his skills meet up with his body? It's baseball. You just never know. Uh, speaking, uh, uh, prospects, how close is Gorman to STL from, uh, Whitewater Attorney, I'm guessing. So, <laughs> Whitewater Attorney, holy cow. Uh, can I have you on retainer for like, look, I'll give you a bottle of water if you, if you let me, if you be my, my lawyer on retainer. Um, look, uh, you know me, I'm conservative about this stuff. I don't like to get my hopes up because even if he makes some majors, say something crazy happens, right? And he makes some majors at the beginning of the 2020 year. 
it's not going to be the Nolan Gorman that we all hope for. It's going to be a compromised version that isn't fully developed. Uh, he's not going to be Soto. He's not going to be a Kuna. He's not that type of player. Uh, and also, he doesn't play the outfield, so he's got to still hone third base. But say he makes that, like, that's that's not the player that I'm ready for. That's not the player that I want. I want the fully developed version. So if we're talking about it, 2019 in in Peoria, 2020 in Springfield, uh, 2021 in Memphis and St. Louis. So 2021 at the earliest for Gorman. Uh, what is the one prospect outside of our system that you'd want in the ideal world? Uh, Luis Robert. Uh, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are my two favorite hitting prospects in baseball. Uh, I love Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, uh, there I. I love Wander Franco. Like, I love, there's a lot of guys I love, but you guys know Luis Robert is the man after my heart. I've always loved him. I think he's magical. He's a really smart kid and a really sweet kid. He wrote an article to, uh, uh, for MLB.com after signing with the White Sox, thanking the city of Chicago. He's just a smart, sweet kid who loves baseball. That's the guy that I want. Red Sox kind of rush Devers, and I bet that affects his future. Yeah, look, you have to be careful with the development of these players. You know, sure, you might get Albert Pujols. Uh, keep in mind, Albert Pujols was in 21. He was probably 23 more than likely when it happened, and that's almost fact now. Uh, not hearsay and just a fan, a fun thing that you say when you're drunk at a bar. Uh, it definitely compromises development if you don't do it right. Like, even Acuna and Soto, anything could happen there. And they had great freshman years, but there's no... There's nothing to say that they won't take a step back. Look at Jason Hayward, right? Jason Hayward had a really good first three-fourths of his, his freshman year, his rookie year. And then he started falling off, and by his sophomore year, he was he was compromised. It didn't look good. Then he got off to a good junior year uh, and then took a ball to the head, and we all know what we've seen since. How old is Juan Soto really? I personally believe Juan Soto is the age that they say, 19 and 20 now, I think, or 20 here in a couple months. I think Acuna is that age, too. Uh, wait, what about Pools? Uh, what's not hearsay? Okay, so let me make it clear. Albert Pujols, it's all hearsay until it's fact, right? Because Albert Pujols will sue you. Uh, but Jeff Passan wrote an article a couple months back where they were talking about maybe some things that uh, Adrian Beltre and even Pujols himself let slip. The, the deal is that more than likely a lot of the Dominican-born players are have like a two-year window of what their age really is. I'm not going to make this specific towards Pujols. But there's like a window there because birth certificates aren't like American birth certificates. Uh, they're not as like readily available or issued as readily as they are in the States. Uh, so there's a chance that maybe he's two years older, maybe he's three years older, no one knows. But there was a couple different times where he referred to himself at the wrong age. Other players have referred to him as two years older than what he is. Uh, so what I'm saying is instead of being a 21-year-old, uh, entering a 20, 21 year old entering the majors. He might have been a 22, 23 year old, and that changes it, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, not Alex Tejada. Miguel Tejada was the one who got caught. Pools' age is your mom. Yeah, my my mom fucked that Albert Pools. Uh, for what it's worth, there is a, was a weird thing with Jose Martinez's birthday, also. Yeah, look, there again, Carlos Martinez had a weird thing with his birthday. He wrote about it. Uh, it's not just those guys, it's uh, it's rampant in the Dominican. That's just. It sucks, but it's it's true. Uh, does this mean Yachty is even older and more immortal than we thought? There's a chance that Yachty's younger. Yachty might actually be like six years younger. No, that's that's a little uh, yeah. Yunel Escobar, who uh, Yunel Escobar, who has watched Prospects After Dark and participated to Yunel Escobar. I think Yachty Molina is really thirty. I think he played in the majors at the age of fourteen or whatever, and uh, I think that uh, I think he's really really thirty years old. 
Uh, but he, uh, he ruptured that testicle, uh, you got, so here's the thing about the ball sack, right? Is you've got the balls and then you got ligaments. And I didn't know that there were ligaments. I just thought it was like a semen pool. Uh, again, science. Uh, anyways, Kyle after dark, we've entered. So anyways, you've got your semen pool of ball sack. Well, there's actually ligaments there. And what happened was it completely severed a ligament, uh, uh, in your ball sack with the balls. Uh, did he lose a ball? I was not told officially if he lost the ball or not. Uh, what I know is after the, the testicle was, and I, I don't think the, te- the testicle was ruptured either. I think he actually tore the ligament there. They had to repair the ligament. Uh, but the testicle might have been ruptured. It doesn't matter. Either way, he's a man. He only missed a month and lost like a testicle. Uh, let's see. Oops. Uh, yep. Who's out? <laughs> uh, why are we talking about ball sacks? Why aren't we talking about ball sacks, Drake man? We haven't spent enough time tonight talking about ball sacks. That's the issue here. Uh, he didn't lose a ball. Yeah, I tested him. Hey, Kyle, great time to show up. Hey, what's up, Ruby? I just celebrated my 22nd anniversary of being 21. Uh, is that how old you are? Are you 33, my friend? That makes you my age. I love you. Uh, he will have done one, but wonder where here I'm an expert. Uh, why wouldn't we talk about ball sacks? That's right, Corey. Corey's a family man and is ready to talk about a good ball sack. Uh, or should I say balls after dark? This is the... Yachty's ball sack after dark episode. Good God, that hurts just listening to it. Yeah, it's terrible. It hurts. It's fucking miserable. Uh, Yachty's new nickname is Peanut. Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, 43. Sorry, I, my brain did, uh, did a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna get after gifts for a second. Ball sack, now we're on literature. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so real fast, uh, I just asked him if he's here for our little sh- our little shindig. I want to raise my glass one more time. So, for those of you who don't know, we are coming up on the one year anniversary of Birds on the Black. Uh, Black Friday marks the one year anniversary of Birds on the Black, and that's why I'm going to do the organizational rankings. That's how we opened up Birds on the Black. Uh, so again. Just one more time, I want to raise my glass to Cardinal's Gifts. Cardinal's Gifts has created this awesome community that I, I've been lucky to be a part of. He's helped foster the Prospects After Dark community, and he's kind of like the baller of, of Cardinal's Twitter. Uh, without Cardinal's Gifts, I never would have taken like the next step to do all this nonsense uh, to the point where now we have a light night on pad, and we usually have somewhere between 80 and 90 people watching. And we have a good night, we're up to 300. Uh, so... To Cardinal's Gifts, who does some amazing stuff for all of us. He's the most approachable person on Twitter. He's the nicest person on Twitter. He's easily the best Cardinal's follow. Uh, to Cardinal's Gifts, I wanted to make sure you were in here for this. I love you, buddy. You're, you're a surrogate brother, you and friggin' cards. And uh, thank you so much. Just thank you for everything. I, uh, again, get the pleasantries out of the way. I just wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, so this is like episode three of season two of Prospects After Dark. We've decided that that one episode that I did when I had a concussion and I don't remember any of it, um, uh, that's going to be like the lost tape. We'll publish that some other time. Uh, but this is episode three of season two as we start season or year two of Birds on the Black. Uh, we're entering a different world, I guess. I don't know. Sorry, I'm late, Mr. Reese. Hey, Austin Stone, how are you? Welcome to our little, our little thing here, man. All right. 
So we've been at this now for an hour and a half, and I've been rambling on and on. Uh, the, we did our cheers to Cardinals gifts. Our next cheers is to all of the pad people. We've had amazing people posting amazing pictures of themselves in hooded sweatshirts and T-shirts. Uh, the pad people are the best. You guys are the resistance, the resistance, the resistance. I love each and every one of you. Without you guys, we would not be doing this. Uh, we've had some people asking about hooded sweatshirts tonight. Cardinals Gifts and I are going to talk about that. We'll try to get them for you in the holiday season. Uh, nobody remembers the concussion episode. Good, Blues Records, because neither do I. By the way, I'm going to meet up with you, my buddy. I swear to God by that. Uh, just we got to get a Wednesday that isn't work fucked uh, to the pad people. You guys are awesome. Uh, yeah, look, you know how I'm going to do this. Uh, nobody remembers the concussion. Can you get David Lynch to direct an episode? Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, so I'm a big Twin Peaks fan, for those of you who don't know. I'm a big David Lynch fan. I Part of the reason that I found my way to L.A. is my beautiful brother Michael paid for me to come to L.A. and uh, uh, take part in the Festival of Disruption that is curated. Uh, it's kind of an artsy thing that's curated by David Lynch. And uh, that was an amazing thing. And I'll tell you what, man, David Lynch, he's he's a transcendental transcendental meditation like maniac. Uh, a little too much for me personally, but he's intense in like a really laid back way, and it freaks me out. A good life, Sean says Twin Peaks. Yeah, I, sometimes when I can't sleep, I put Twin Peaks on. Uh, can't wait for Craig Mish to release his Harper Cardinals news. I do hope Craig Mish is the one to break that story. If Cardinals sign Bryce Harper or any move that the Cardinals make, I want Craig Mish breaking that. Uh, pad Black Friday at Larry Flint's. Maggie, please come in town for that. I, I, yeah, I mean, you do you. I know you're super busy. You probably got family stuff to do. But if you're in town, you and I are going to Larry Flint's and we're doing pad. Uh, you're the best. Uh, time to do them dishes. Yeah, I've got you too, Jay Ferg. Uh, hello, sir. Nice for you to be here. Uh, death to EMUs. All right, so again, we're going to be signing off. I'm going to raise my glass one more time. Hold on. Uh, cheers for LA and hopefully getting all the wildfire damage. <laughs> yeah, I raked up. Ugh, can't say that. All right, so again, to all of you pad people, to all the people at Birds on the Black, uh, the original cast. Uh, again, I was I talked to Zach Gifford via tweet or via text earlier in the week. Uh, Zach and I were texting back and forth. He's doing well. We were talking about prospect stuff. But to STL Cup of Joe, Cardinals Gifts, Cards, Cards, Alex Crisofoli, and Zach Gifford, the original Bot B people as we enter our one-year anniversary. I raise my glass to you guys. Thank you for making me a part of this. You're the best. And our final cheers of the night, other than to the pad people, goes out to uh, uh, the rest of our current birds on the black crew. Uh, Tara Wellman, Stu Stiles, Ben Saruti, Enchil, our boy, uh, Nicholas Childress, Chuck Brownson, Eric Manning, uh, Dennis Green, who is Green Asian on Twitter. Uh, I think his last name's Green, I'm just assuming. Uh, all of the, and of course, Cardinals Gifts. To all of the Birds on the Black people, I raise my glass to you. To be a part of Birds on the Black is probably the biggest privilege of my life that I get to participate in on a daily basis. I think you guys are amazing. Uh, Look, Tara and Alex are doing this chirps thing, and I haven't listened to it. I've only heard parts of it, and it sounds great. Alex is so smart. Tara is so talented and smart. I love all of them. Uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, am I the Lord Jesus Christ? To me, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Prospects After Dark on November 18th. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe, eat a ton of turkey, get fat, get miserable, get drunk.
punch a family member. I don't give a fuck. It's up to you. If you watch this, as always, you're part of the resistance. Uh, I love each and every one of you. And as always, uh, happy hunting. Remember, we'll see you on Friday at Birds on the Black as we start our organizational countdown. Keep an eye on Prospects Live on Tuesday. Uh, happy hunting, family. We love you guys.